Good evening, everyone. And um, uh, with me, I've got Tom Marchesello, who's promoting Tampa Bay. What? Why are we promoting Tampa Bay? What's up with that? Let's go Bucks! <laughs> Woo, Super Bowl. First time ever the home team gets to play at home in the stadium. How about that? I, I th and uh, <laughs> I heard a joke. <laughs> this guy, you heard, you saw that joke today? The guy goes, I have this uh, ticket, you know, to the, to the, to the, the Bucks. And it's, you know, box seats and everything. And uh, unfortunately, it's also my wedding. So uh, can someone take over from me? She's waiting at the altar. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of anyway. like <laughs> so off color, but hey. Anyway, um, so thank you all for joining. Um, we've got a very exciting show today. Lots of lots going on, in fact. Uh, I see people are still arriving. So, but I'm going to start right away with... Um, well, in fact, what I'm going to start right away with is our usual opener. Um, water is a new gold. And um, then I have a quick video with Dan Early, Dan the man, Dan Early. We are working in the hospitality sector, Tessa, with um, some customers. Uh, and these hospitality customers, hotels and resorts, they understand that when they are taking public, when they're driving source water from public drinking water systems, they know that they need to implement this type of technology so we have a we have several customers right now where we are uh, providing point of use reverse osmosis and advanced drinking water filtration systems to take drinking water and to ensure that the institutional customer that resort or that hotel that they have safe drinking water for their system for their customers so we do we personally are now deploying we are seeing and we are deploying these types of solutions to those, those types of customers. Another example would be where we are working, where we're supplying decentralized drinking water systems for Department of State customers. So when I say Department of State, I'm talking about uh, embassy facilities and consulate facilities overseas, US, US embassy facilities. Uh, in those instances right there, the US, when the US government, go, or US government goes overseas and they, and they take their uh, ambassadors and their staff over there and they occupy an embassy facility in a foreign country, a lot of times they are bringing, they're driving their drinking water from the public the public water supplies of city of London or New Delhi or places like that. But then you get in these far flung places, these uh, in, in sub-Saharan Africa and in uh, Southeast Asia where the, the infrastructure is not there. They still have drinking water systems, but man, whew, that is, you are taking your life into your own hands. I mean, Mexico is a neighbor of ours. And they say, when you go to Mexico, don't drink the water. There is a reason why they say that. And so we are deploying these same technologies, doing the exact same thing um, at that level. So, yes, we are. Those are two classic examples of where we're doing this. So let me uh, set the stage here. I kind of uh, threw this at you. But as you recall, we've been talking about the problem with biofilms. And so this is a quick clip from and unfortunately, I'm sorry, it's a zoom of a zoom. <laughs> so uh, you're going to it's pretty blurry. But what uh, Dan is talking about, I really wanted him to start talking about how we are helping with this enormous biofilms problem. Tom, you were in that conversation. Would you like to relate a little bit of uh, what the context was? Yeah, th th there's two simple answers, which is we are working in that all the time through using reverse osmosis, which is the most viable technology that deals with biofilms because biofilms made up of bacteria and funguses and things have particulate matter of a certain size. So it means it's substantial. You can, you can put a filter in place and block that contaminant from coming through your water system and remove it. 
So our reverse, you know, osmosis technologies and filtration systems are the, the number one guard you have to put on site at locations like hotels or, you know, hospitals or military bases to prevent, you know, that kind of uh, contamination. Yeah, and this is the first time we've really been talking about the the work that Dan has been um, spearheading with this uh, Department of State, and of course, they're operating in strange places like you know Afghanistan and so forth, where water is dodgy, and so not only biofilms but high bacterial levels, Streptococcus, etc., viruses. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about how, without naming names, of course. How much, how much do we do this kind of um, State Department stuff? Well, right now we're over a million dollars of that exact product line right now, you know, actively producing. So, I mean, we're, it's substantial. I mean, we're always producing, I'd say about four or five units that are going into places like this. So it's, it's nice. good, good work. Nice. Yeah, it is good work and it's growing. So our partner there is excellent. Well, thank you. I'm going to um, now go into <laughs> the actual presentation. I just wanted to get the clip out of the way. I think it's fascinating what we're doing, the stuff that Dan is doing. This was the interview was actually for an article that is going to appear in a water trade, and the deadline is literally tomorrow. But nonetheless, uh, water is the new gold, helping you thrive in the world's only vital, scarce, and recession-proof market. Briefing number 95. Okay, so further on, we have the uh, forward-looking statements. So uh, you've heard this before, I won't go into it. And this is that biofilm interview that I was just talking about, which is obviously fascinating. There'll be much more of this as we, um, we develop the story because it's, it's pretty key. Okay, now, uh, before we go on to some of the meat of the, uh, of the uh, uh, briefing, I wanted to talk a little bit about what is coming in terms of you know, the new administration. And interestingly enough, there's bipartisan legislation coming up. This article was written the day before the election. So nobody knew yet what the administration was going to be. And so it was published, I think, on November 3rd. And what was obviously COVID-19, fine, and tax proposals. So the two things which are not really germane to us, but uh, there's two that are. And they're very, very important. So let's let's uh, let's unpack these a little bit. First of all, infrastructure legislation from this article. Both parties know the value of infrastructure spending, stimulate the economy, etc. Very likely, we will see infrastructure legislation pass in early 2021. And that, Tom, we talk a lot about the you know our our decentralization work and so forth, but we have a heck of a lot going on. With uh, with municipalities and large corporations, right? Absolutely. You know, we're always we're I'd say we're at least half half on both ends. You know, because we're always dealing with corporations and industrial clients who need to do their on-site work, and then on the municipal side, you know, you're dealing with state or city or small town level projects that always require updates, upgrades, changes to systems. And everybody's dealing with the infrastructure issues, aging infrastructure, lacking infrastructure, you know, moving of people from the north to the south. There's just this boom going on of having to deal with infrastructure issues. And they're laggard issues where they made a, may have put off those issues too long, a few too many years, and now they're faced with it. And they're like, oh my, we really got to do this. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, we talk a lot about the new trends and I recall it, you know, like it was yesterday, you presenting at the, the water chain uh, symposium we had in 2018. 
and showing the two buckets of the centralized stuff and the decentralized stuff and how the decentralized stuff was going to grow. But still, the centralized stuff is a big piece of our business. And I think this, this is going to be very helpful. Well, they go together. I mean, you, you're not, you always have a symbiotic relationship in the industry. The water industry is a big industry that has needs on all ends. Sure. Just because something is decentralized doesn't mean it's not participating. The truth is everybody's learning from each other and then implementing best solutions that help each other. And over time, these systems have gotten smaller and cheaper, more compact and efficient to where they can be deployed to uh, a commercial location versus in the past, only governments could afford to do that, right? The simple topic of desalinization or reverse osmosis, those are only the things of government dreams and then eventually big government spending and city spending. And now because the technology is so matured after 20, 30 years, now you could have one in your house. Like it's really the technology curve, just like every technology curve allows it to happen. 100%. Okay. So then we have the second thing. And, and, and this is, I think, something you've been pushing very heavily, Tom, which is made in USA, incentivizing businesses to conduct art, research, manufacturing domestically. And both parties, obviously, you know, and this is, you know, this is really interesting. We talk a lot about division in our country, but Donald Trump wanted, was trying to bring business back to America. And what's one of the first things that that Biden said in this administration this week was we want to bring you know manufacturing back to the U.S. So they both want the same thing, and I think that's very important. Yeah, made in USA is profitable for the USA, obviously, right? When you're a manufacturer and you export products out, you make the money. I mean, you don't want to be the guy importing and paying the tariffs, you know. So, but in the end of the day, it's also just good business because it it brings high-skilled labor to the United States also brings innovation because we're innovators in the U.S. and we tend to put more right. money into our R&D and then create even better products, which then, you know, get more streamlined. So it's a real win for us across the board. That's a really good point you make, Tom, because, you know, when I was uh, raising my son, who's who just turned 23, back then he was at a private school where uh, there was a tremendous amount of demand from China and Korea parents to send their kids to an American school to get out of the rote learning thing, to learn something more outside the box to, and, and to become leaders, basically. And, and I think that's where uh, we forget that the United States is a leader in terms of innovation, in terms of this um, perhaps less regimentation. Now, of course, it makes us problem kids. <laughs> Not that my son was ever a problem kid, but you know how, what I mean is that along with some of our you know, tendency to misbehave, we're also pretty good innovators. Look at Elon Musk. Yeah. Musk is the perfect poster child. Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, pick one. I mean, these guys understand the whole concept of not just opportunity, but also working hard and making a product and making it, you know, getting out there with it. Like, this is what we're great at in America. We're innovative, we're smart, we're capitalistly minded. Like, those are the good things. That's the reason why we even have a stock market. The whole idea is you put money into things that allow it to grow because you're taking a picture on how things are going to grow into the future. And I'd bet on America every time. I mean, that's the easiest plan that always works. Amen. So with that said, and I, I just want to quickly cover uh, the big picture of how we are part of this new trend, but there's an even bigger part that I'm going to talk about now. And this is very, very early. You know, literally this, this has been developing. I always like to tell you that we're the most transparent public company around so we have what you might call a skunk works. What is a skunk works? That's, that was Lockheed had the old skunk works. They called it that because nobody in the, in the 
in the advanced technologies department uh, washed. <laughs> so they kind of turned into a scum group. But there's some stuff happening here. We're looking at breakthrough technology to turn seawater into drinking water. And that's because, you know, you have been going on about, you know, 20 years until, until we quote unquote run off of our fresh water, meaning major, major disruptions and loss of life and so forth. And the link is at the bottom there in common dreams. But, and for sure, what we're working on on the main line is the, the recycling, uh, the more water treatment, all that stuff. But there is something very important. And that is we have, you know, 97.5% of the world's water is salt and 40% of the world's population lives within hundred kilometers of coastlines. And so there is an interesting um, opportunity here where we have, uh, there is really interesting technology and it has not gotten out of the lab yet. It needs, it needs to, well, you know what? Origin Clear is a platform and I think we can do something here. Now, isn't it interesting how current desalination is not only expensive, but it's very energy intensive. And what is the focus of the new administration? Well, I'll show it to you right now on screen. What's the big one? Number one, cut total emissions by up to 50% by 2030. That is just eight years from now. That is, you know, a huge, a huge goal. So, you know, you look at what, what's happening in Saudi Arabia, they, they, they have these huge desalination plants and they have very cheap fossil fuels and so forth. But these things are, are not the sustainable way to make fresh water. So there's something to be gained from doing something about turning, as I was saying, breakthrough technology to turn seawater to drinking water. You will be hearing more about this. None of this affects, Tom, this has nothing, as, as I briefed you, this has nothing to do with what you're doing. It will be done completely, like I say, in the skunk works. Uh, it has nothing to do with the fund that we're developing, et cetera. This is an important thing that I think is going to make a huge difference. You know, it's really interesting. There's all kinds of things you can do with water, but people look at the ocean and they go, what the heck? There's all this darn salt water. And I get, I get email all the time about, well, what about desalination? Well, we're going to be taking a look at this and there'll be more to report on it. Okay. Now, here's the topic of the day and how funding is the key to, to speeding up water deals. I'm going to just uh, check. Um, oh, <laughs> I checked chat and somebody from D uh, said, wow. <laughs> so that is, uh, that is super cool. That is super cool. Um, and uh, I'm just checking here. Okay. I was just checking participants. Lovely to have you guys on board. So the problem is the slow water deal. That is something that Tom, you and I have lived with. You know, the, there's that classic hotel deal that you that you did, that we now have that we're going to be delivering this quarter. But I think you worked on it for like a year and a half. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, we did a lot of proposals, multiple hotels, until one really stuck in there. Yeah, but it didn't. Well, took one of the things that happened, of course, because it was a big capital expense, is the minute the chief engineer bought off on it and sent the mandate down to all the hotels, every hotel had to prove that they had a better approach. <laughs> and we had to like work our way through all those, right? Yeah, no, but but they, they do count it, like you said, it's a capex expense. And they're just like going, yeah, but and they were debating whether, you know, how to, how to make this all fly through. And then they have to redo their numbers. And, uh, you know, eventually they figure it out. So it gets budgeted. Yeah, so that's the first one. CapEx is a big deal. Number two, 
And this is an important one for us because the more important the investment, the more they want to go, well, well, we'll, we'll play it safe. We'll go with the big guy. Now the big guy or gal, because American Waterworks, there, there's actually a woman who's, uh, I think chairman or CEO, but anyway, the, I don't want to be, there's a lot of men in the water industry, but there are women too. But the tendency is to go, you know, like what they used to say in high tech, you could never be fired for choosing IBM. Even if IBM was crappy, you would never be fired. So for the innovative solutions, these big CapEx decisions actually work against us and it, it makes it harder. The other thing is, is that there's resistance, like this is not my business. I don't treat water. Why am I trying to do this? So they tend to resist it. They may not have the money or the credit, or they may not want to do personal guarantees, this and that. And the final problem that you and I have seen, Tom, is that these things go on for months and months and months, meetings, on-site negotiations, uh, redrawing, everything. And after a while, where's the margin, right? Yeah, well, they're asking the question. Now, uh, the solution that is to fund the systems is something called a water purchase agreement, the WPA. It's like uh, what they have in solar, which is the power purchase agreement. You saw, you, you, you've heard of Solar City. Well, that's, that's uh, very much the kind of model. It's OPEX, meaning it's, an, it's like paying rent. You know, it's just you're paying on the meter or there, there's the water bill. We're going to pay the water bill. No big deal. And also because the vendor is already offering the machine up front, then there's no concern about whether the vendor is big enough to, to cover the, the deal. And so innovators tend to bubble to the top. This is the final point is really important. And I think is a major differentiator for us. Normally, uh, WPAs work with very long cycles. We're talking 15 years. Like uh, if you look at the example of uh, our friends over at Cambrian, because they have to, you know, they're putting the system in the ground or, or, or you know, bolted in. Well, if, if you can repossess, then you can have shorter term agreements and that reduces risk. You, you, you don't have to be quite so demanding of um, their commitment and so forth. And it makes it harder for others to do because remember the technology we've licensed is patented five, five excellent patents by Dan Early and the stuff is good. Gina Lowe is asking a question. You're talking about water. Will there be a plan by Origin Clear to treat sewage? Well, of course. And that, Gina, is a very good question. We do that all day long. In fact, what's little known is that we actually do uh, city deals. We, 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 we've done a couple cities in the last uh, year or two, and that is straight out sewage treatment. In addition, we had that wonderful project, remember, uh, Tom, up in, in Pennsylvania, where there was that car dealer. And what, what, Tell that story a little bit. Well, there was an automobile dealership that had a desire to do a closed loop system, which means any wastewater produced on site from toilets to car washing to grease trap water could be recycled through the unit, then pushed back into the system and be used for toilet water or wash down water or irrigation water. So you basically get to closed loop it and use it again, which is pretty innovative actually. And uh, that really reduces their use of water and their cost on water. And also basically reduces their burden on, you know, the infrastructure, you know, the local community infrastructure. It's a win-win. So that, all that, you know, closed loop uh, treatment and so forth, taking people, getting people off the grid, pull, you know, you know cutting the cord in a, in, a, in a waterway is very much what we do. That again is what we're talking about when we're getting into these 
water purchase agreements because people are not just buying water coming in, they're also paying for the water being treated. So that's what that's about. And then Gina has a follow-up question, cleaning gray water. Absolutely. We, we have, those are called the purple pipes. Purple pipes, where they're separated. In America, we don't always have the, the plumbing separate between black and gray water. Where it is gray, it's very easy to treat for irrigation. And that is actually, you know, the leader, the world leader in treating gray water is uh, Australia. They had a major drought about, you know, 10, 12 years ago, uh, longer actually, about uh, now 20 years ago. And they went thoroughly into gray, wa gray water treatment to water their lawns and so forth. And um, we've got the technology, but all too often the gray water pipes are not separate unless the, the building is, is much newer. So yeah, we love doing that. And Gina, these are great questions. So carrying on here, uh, let me talk a little bit about more about the cycle. Now we have a shortened cycle where customers sign signs, <laughs> sign sign a long-term water purchase agreement, WPA, just like those solar deals. And then of course we build it and the customer pays on the meter deal is done. That is a very fast deal. So um, what does that mean in terms of revenues? You know, Gina, you're asking all the great questions. So could you replace septic systems? Is that economically feasible? Very good question. Here's what's happening with septic. Septic's cheap for sure. Now there's several problems. Number one, increasingly FHA, the Federal Housing Authority, is more and more prohibiting septic tanks by making it, they have to be farther, the, the, um, the drain field has to be uh, I don't know, 100 yards from the well, things like that. There are, there are regulations that are locking people out of FHA loans if they go with septic tanks. There's that. The additional problem is that we, we have a lot of um, problems with viral loads. And you know these days, we've become very sensitive to viral loads. And so we can replace them. Is it more expensive? Perhaps so. But I think that it's going to you know, happen more and more. So with that, and uh, I'm going to continue, but these are wonderful questions. Thank you, Gina. Now, another big reason, and this is another thing that we do specially that other people don't. What is a career program puts entrepreneurs into the water business? We have a whole package we've built. It's a great career building package that we're going to review again because it's going live on our website in the next couple of days. And what they are is like a bunch of Amway salespeople, but they're selling water systems. And these are larger systems, right? So, but think about this. If I go to sell to a hotel and it's going to take me a year or a year and a half to sell the deal, well, I'm not going to last for a long time as an independent salesperson. Not going to happen. So pre-funding is critical to making these waterpreneurs succeed because they can come in and go, hey, I've got a system. Here it is. Blah, blah, blah. Sign here and we'll get the thing going. Let me tell you about this example because... We have this premium hotel system now going in and we're going to be delivering it this quarter. I hope to be able to uh, tell you more about it in detail, but that's a $140,000 system for a 212 room hotel, luxury hotel. All the water going into that hotel will be super premium water. Great. That is actually going to be a reference site for us. And from there, we can actually give that reference site to waterpreneurs who go out there. And secondly, they have a, like I say, the, the fully specified, priced out, all the options, a standard product, and we can now pre-fund it the way it works, okay? All right, so let's talk a little bit about this fund then. 
We're, as you know, we're building Origin Clear Financial. What's that about? Well, first of all, what we're tapping into is the uh, real estate investors contributing assets directly, all right? Now, this is cool because instead of requiring someone to come up with a million dollars, we say, you know what, you've got a property, you can go ahead, we'll do an asset purchase agreement, we'll bring the asset in, and there will be potential tax benefits, that is to be determined. Um, it doesn't always work, but there's ways for that to work. For example, you know, um, share for share swaps, which uh, defers taxes, things like that. There's a variety of, of um, uh, systems. And here's the thing, they can just go ahead and sign over the asset and we'll leverage it. Now, they will remain secured because there will be security agreements on the equipment that's financed. So they'll have recourse on the equipment. And of course, they'll have a profit share. We have some early indications that people want to be involved as business partners as well, not just passive investors. In other words, to go ahead and sell these pawnsters and so forth. That's something you, I just heard today, Tom, was that we have these guys who, who, who um, uh, one investor who wants to take his property, put it into the system, and then have a business that actually sends the machines out. So that's kind of cool. So where do we stand with that? We have these preliminary uh, commitments. And uh, as I've been reporting to you, that's we have non-binding memorandums of understanding, MOUs, for $3 million. They're good faith. And there's much more happening. There's up to $12 million more. But again, that we don't even have the MOU for that. So let's just say that for now, we have these good faith but non-binding commitments for $3 million, which is great news. Okay. Let's continue here. Revenue sources. This is something I want, to, I want you to talk to, um, Tom, is, is these four revenue sources and how you see this as really growing our, our business. Sure, no problem. So obviously, you know, if you're dealing with water systems and you know, you're putting them on a pay-as-you-go model, you know, the, the first fundamental issue is that PWT makes the equipment. So obviously if it's a drinking water system or some other type of unit, there's just a fundamental cost to it that we, we build the unit. Uh, we basically get that put on a truck and shipped out and sent to uh, a location to be operated. So we have the ability to operate the system on the location and or place it with a subcontractor in the field. So often there's field operators out there who can basically you know do the installation and the maintenance out in the field as well. So we can have our folks engineer it, or we can have subs basically managing it. So there's an entire supply chain there that basically lets people get paid to do work and services. And obviously then, you know, we have to go back out and service the contract. Usually we put things on a five-year, you know, contract is a fairly common thing to, for warranties. And that includes annual maintenance or sometimes every three years maintenance for certain parts and labor. And then there's refurbishment, you know, and replacement filters or housings and so forth, tubes and gaskets. So there's, you know, there's upfit, you know, kind of thing which basically we can either repair something for costs or we can even make upgrades. Uh, so there's always an ability to continue to, to get some uh, ancillary service fees as we go along. And then obviously origin clear, you know, nets a management fee on, you know, deploying the stuff because they're essentially the third party you know, finance here against this activity. Yeah. So, you know, it was, you know, right now we only have number one, right? 
This is the, the classic formula, DBOO, design, build, own, operate. So, so far right now, we only do design and build where we're giving up a huge amount of revenues. I remember back in the day, we built a major, major uh, frack system for someone and we just built it. No, no, it was actually an entire city in Texas. And then the other company we sold it to, uh, we sold it for that we were the subcontractor. They got all the revenue from operating the system for the city. So here, this, this opens up the, both the operating the system and of course, owning it. Mm-hmm. And then at the corporate level, you and me will be managing the fund and get you know, uh, fair management fees. So that's the exciting part. So with that said, I'm going to tell you that there, unfortunately, we have a, 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 a rights problem. I wanted to get Ivan into this. He and Artie are doing amazing things for us. They are bringing these, these investors from their real estate base, and they are doing um, amazing things to support us. Their real estate venture is now in the Inc. Well, it's number 85 on the Inc. 500 and is number three, the number three company in Florida, in all of Florida, on the Inc. 500. And they're doing the introduction work. Very helpful. We have a, you know, we licensed their, their, uh, their wonderful invest with a purpose process. And, you know, they have a rule of thumb, which is that when someone invests $100,000 in this future model, not the current one, because that, that is the old school one, but the new school model they invest $100,000 that it purifies a million liters per month. So that's the concept there. That is a save the world kind of concept. It's a wonderful one. So what I'm going to be doing here is there is actually an amazing announcement that uh, Ivan has, but I'm actually going to have to hold back on it. <laughs> it's There is a huge announcement coming from something that Ivan has done to commit himself personally. He and his wife, Bella, are just doing something stellar for in terms of committing themselves to the company. We're blown away. I'm not going to get into it today because uh, I wanted him on the show and uh, I think that there was a Zoom issue. That's fine because next week we'll, we will be able to announce it properly and we'll devote much longer show to Ivan and what he's done here. I can tell you it is super exciting. So, Quickly to just discuss how you can participate and Ken Berenger and I work super closely on all strategy. Literally, we talk several times a day and um, fortunately, I do not have a jealous wife. And, um, you know, basically he has the inside track on what we're doing strategically and, and he can, you know, he will, of course, never tell you non-public information that he shouldn't. He's very good about that. But he will give you more flavor and more context than I can possibly do in this call. And he is brilliant. I I strongly recommend you schedule a call, oc.go slash Ken in your browser. Talk to him. I believe you will have a very, very good experience. Now, before I go on, there was also a chat request about doing a water treatment outside the country. And that question is a very good one. That's where this Department of State stuff comes in, for example. And now we're starting to expand with the philanthropic investor relationship. They, they're in 19 countries. And that, I believe, is going to bring us some deal flow even further. We also have, part, we have partners all over the world. We have a European partner um, with the animal treatment in Spain. 
We have a Romanian partner, um, Middle Eastern partner, who is actually the number one all services company in the Middle East, Al Mansur, and uh, also a major player in Oman that we're working with, as well as our wonderful partner in India, Permionics, and more. So yes, we are all over the world. And obviously, we're not just US centric. All right. I was talking about the Trusted Investor Conference, and you will be hearing about this. Basically, we are going to, if you have invested more than once in an origin clear of private placement, then we would like to get you in there. This is very, very important feedback for us. And we will not be sitting there with a whiteboard, you know, getting leaderboards going on and you investing. This is not what this is about. We would actually, we trust our investors deeply. You, you've really put yourself on the line for us. And as you know, we take good care of you to make sure that you are in good shape. So more on the fund progress next, next week, and specifically this, this news from Ivan, which I guarantee you will blow your mind. So that will be the end of the show tonight. It's gone a few minutes over, but I think it's been super exciting. I want to thank you all. Tom, it's, it's really great as far as, uh, as far as Tampa Bay, since I'm here too. Come on, baby. Tom Brady and Gronkowski and all the other guys. They brought a team together. It's been fun. So much fun. B-O-A-T, for sure, for sure. <laughs> it's going to be a good game. It'll be fun. Good. Well, with that, thank you all. I appreciate it. We've had excellent attendance tonight. I am privileged, as always, to have that kind of attendance. You care. I love it. I hope I've given you a lot of information. There'll be more and more next week. Uh, and I think this desalination thing is also going to grow uh, into something interesting without disturbing anything that I've been telling you about. And from Star to the panelists, thanks for the information. You're welcome. And thank you all. Good night and enjoy your weekend.